1 Samuel chapter 1, please. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful, and I'm so glad uh, to be here. I was uh, just blessed when a uh, pastor asked me to come, and uh, we love Falls Baptist, and I want to thank each of you who have prayed for our grandson, Sammy, and uh, for our daughter, Rachel, and son-in-law, uh, Joe. Uh, your prayers surely have uh, made a great difference, and uh, I wish I had time to just go into uh, just tell you how much uh, that is so. Uh, this is an important day. I feel a great responsibility today. I have uh, bathed this day in prayer. I told your pastor this. He uh, heartily agreed with me, and I think you should know this, but as so goes the missions conference, or as so goes the missions emphasis, so goes the year for the church. Uh, we have seen it many times at Bethel. And uh, we are faith promise. I am the president of a uh, wonderful uh, uh, mission board. Uh, we have great missionaries that we support even tonight or this morning, Brother Jeremy. Uh, we have followed him. He was our missionary of the week not too long ago. And uh, uh, we uh, have missionaries out of our church as well uh, there in, uh, in uh, several areas of China. And I want you to know, while we enjoy this beautiful facilities here and we have this gorgeous music here, uh, there's people all over the world who's desiring to know God and uh, we need to send people to give them the message. Would you say amen? amen. Now, we uh, have a way of doing that, God's way. It's called Faith's Promise Missions. And I look forward to sharing that with you today. And, and tonight, listen folks, tonight... Uh, is uh, of vast importance. You must be here. You must be here. Uh, a matter of fact, tonight is the Super Bowl for Falls Baptist Church. It is. Uh, it is of the utmost importance. And it's not because of I'm speaking, but because of that commitment that's got to be made. Now, I, I love your pastor. I want you to know I love him dearly. I love his wife and his family. Uh, we, we met. I, I did the math. And if my math is right, uh, I met your pastor in a very passionate, intimate way 49 years ago. Boy, were we younger back then. And uh, I'm not from a Christian home, and uh, I'm glad that my dad and mom have gotten saved uh, since that time. But when I came to uh, the uh, university to prepare for ministry, uh, one of my English or one of my uh, high school teachers came to me and said, Rick, I hear you. You want to go to this, this uh, university? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, well, you know, they're very strict. And I said, well, I don't know much about it. This is where God wants me to go. She said, well, you, you could get kicked out of there. And uh, I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, so uh, I, I tried to take care of myself and, and dot my I's and cross my T's. You know where I'm headed for this. And uh, it so happened that our room, Smith Dormitory, over 400 fellows there, Smith Dormitory, our room was room 216, directly above our uh, dorm supervisor, which was Wayne Van Geldren. <laughs> we couldn't play soccer with a milk carton. We couldn't do anything <laughs> without getting in trouble. They could hear, he could hear everything. And uh, I remember that teacher telling me, you'll probably get kicked out of there. So I was trying to be a good guy, and, and I, I wasn't a rebel. I was just a redneck, you know. <laughs> I have never seen a man so polished in my life. And Brother Van Gelderen, how these dormitory meetings and the 460 guys would be there, 
and he was just so polished. And I looked at him and thought, is he even real? <laughs> I try to stay uh, distant from him, and I tried to keep my nose clean, and, and, uh, and I tried hard. It was, an, it was a, a lesson, uh, uh, an exercise. And, and uh, I was coming in from the library. Uh, my friends in high school, we didn't know what a library was. And, and I was coming in from the library, and I was struggling with some of my studies, and I was drinking a, a, a milk out of a milk carton. And I got into the, the room, and, and the uh, light bell, um, the light bell rang. You have a light bell here? Yeah, well, the Gestapo has a light bell there. <laughs> And when the bell rings, you've got 60 uh, seconds to get ready for bed, and then the next bell rings, and you better be in the rack. And, uh, and then if there's another bell, I guess you're supposed to be asleep. That bell never rang, but, you know. Uh, and uh, just when the light bell rang, there's another Tennessee and across the hall from me. His name was Rusty Dillard. And I saw him, and all of a sudden I got the inspiration. I'm sure it wasn't from the Holy Spirit. But I wadded up that milk carton, that empty milk carton, and I threw it out of my room, across the hallway, into his room, and smacked him in the back with it. I shut the door, the, the uh, light bell rang, and I'm up on the top bunk, unbuttoning my shirt, thinking, I hit him right in the back with that milk carton, boy. And then the door started slowly creeping open. It's dark in our room. The hall light is on. And I thought, that rat is going to sneak in here after light, the light bell and hit me with that milk carton. So I perched myself on the side of my bunk, much like a gargoyle would do. And I jumped and boom, hit the door. And he's pushing the door and I'm pushing the door and he's pushing the door. And I'm thinking it's Rusty Dillard. And all, you know, he's pushing with all his head. Now, I'm holding the door. <laughs> he's huffing and puffing. I hold the door with this hand. And then with a mighty thrust, the door opens. And in the silhouette of the light of the hallway, I see this shock of perfect hair. And my response, I remember it 49 years ago, was, ah, <laughs> literally. Your pastor didn't know a whole lot about spiritual, uh, Holy Spirit uh, filling back then, I'm not sure. He had a vein running down the middle of his forehead. He was red in his face. A bulging vein was coming out of his neck. And with his teeth clenched, he looked at me and said, horseplay is tender merits. This is excessive. 25 demerits. Well, 50 demerits, your campus. I was already halfway to campus my second week there. And the teacher said, you'll probably be kicked out of there. I thought, oh boy, I'm in trouble here. I'm not gonna make it. And then it just got a little bit more difficult. Uh, for second semester because he married this wonderful lady. And she came to live in uh, the apartment there below us. And there was different seasons of the time when there was banana bread wafing through the dormitory and, and zucchini bread and, 
and brownies and, and stuff. And there's only like 460 guys there, and she put out some things, but I never got a piece of it. <laughs> and I looked at them. I looked at your pastors and your pastor's wife, and I said, they are the most perfect people I have ever seen in my life. Are they even real? If you've seen a wedding cake, if you've seen the sculpture of the little couple, it was made after them. <laughs> it really was. And that was when we became very intimate and very face-to-face, nose-to-nose uh, with each other. And I'm happy to say uh, that the Lord has brought us a long way since that time. Well, I felt like I needed to share that. Uh, you, you don't have to hold your breath anymore. And uh, so, First uh, Samuel chapter 1, notice verse 27. The Bible says, for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, also, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. This morning, I want to speak to you about uh, what will it take for us, Falls Baptists, to continue in world evangelism. As we said already, there are people all over the world. And it just as we saw, wasn't that video thrilling to see that and the souls that were saved? But I'm speaking about a concept of faith promise giving. Now, there's many of you who already are plugged in and you know the importance of this day. I mean, listen, this is a pinnacle day for our church. And we must really be attentive to what the Holy Spirit says to us. Let me tell you, don't second guess the Holy Spirit and what he tells you to give. And there are some of you who are new. And the concept of faith promise might be uh, something foreign to you. And it's uh, part of my desire to share with you exactly what faith promise is. I'm speaking about this concept of faith promise giving. It's also been called grace giving, which is uh, correct. But I believe that this is a biblical concept primarily, primarily mentioned in the New Testament. However, uh, as any biblical truth, it can also be found in the Old Testament. And we see such a vivid, uh, beautiful picture and illustration of it here. We see that there's a, um, a turmoil, a controversy between two women, uh, Hannah and Penina. Uh, uh, they are married to uh, Elkanah, and uh, Penina is, uh, she has children, and she's taunting, uh, she's tormenting Hannah, who is barren. You know well uh, the text. She practices faith promise with regards that she asks God for a man-child, a son. And she trusted him for the son. She received the son, and then she returns the son back to God. Her son, as you know, is Samuel and is one of the greatest men in the Bible. Let's look at what faith promise is this morning. This morning, let me say that faith promise is requesting something from God. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, for to their power, now there, they're talking, Paul's talking about the Macedonian church. He says, for to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, 
they were willing of themselves. And we're asking you, uh, church, this morning, will you be willing of yourself? Will you uh, uh, say, Lord, I'm going to sign a blank check and you specifically deal with me. It's wonderful, my wife and I, when we pray for faith promise, it's so exciting when God gives us that number and we come together and we're both in agreement with that. That's what he does. And we see that faith promise is requesting something uh, uh, from God. Uh, the Bible says that they were willing of themselves. When we request something from God, it means that we are particular. We're asking particularly what God would have us to give. Notice in verse 11 of 1 Samuel 1, our text, the Bible says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid, she was barren, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. When we desire a particular answer, we must ask a particular way. We're not just saying, Lord, help our faith promise, but we're saying, Lord, what would you have us to give this year? We have a faith promise commitment card. And you'll be able to fill that out tonight. And, uh, you know, I've talked with folks, and they have different views of that. But they think, well, I don't want to commit to anything. Listen, when you go buy a car, you sign your name. When you go buy a house, you sign your name. When you go make a loan. And here, uh, we need to ask particularly what God would have us to do. Listen, do you know that God rejoices over giving us the exact answers of what we pray for? It shows himself strong in our life, and he receives more glory uh, through them. Hannah didn't just ask for a child, but she particularly asked for a man-child. Uh, she asked for a boy. And we should ask God today to supply that particular amount uh, for our faith promise commitment. Uh, we ask particularly, but also, uh, let me say that uh, it means that we ask purposefully. In verse 11, the latter part, the Bible says, Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. This is her purpose. Hannah, Hannah's purpose was to give him back to God. And our purpose is if God will increase, if he will give us the extra, this is above our tithes and this is above our offering. You know that and you've been through, through those days already. But if God will give the increase, we will give it uh, so that the gospel could go out and that world evangelism could be accomplished. We see here that, that her desire was that she could have a son who would serve God all the days of his life. Now, what's the purpose for asking God to supply a particular amount of money? Well, let me say that there's a biblical principle concerning giving. I love this. There's many verses I could uh, share, but for sake of time, uh, I'll just uh, share this. Luke 6, verse 38, the Bible says, Give... And I shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall man give unto your bosom? He says, For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Do you believe that? Would you say amen? amen. It's true. You cannot outgive God. And he says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. So there's the, the biblical principle concerning giving. So we're, we know the tithe, it's a dead I owe. And we know the offering, it's a seed I sow. 
But faith promise is that gift that we give, trusting God uh, to give unto us, to be able to uh, continually give uh, for world evangelism. Now, God will bless us if we give, but this shouldn't be the motive of our giving. We don't give so that we might be blessed, although it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You believe that? Say amen. I believe that. I'm a giver. I'm not just talking about in our church, but I'm talking about uh, I'm just normally a giver. I find great delight in giving. It's more, oh, I I love giving uh, to my wife, and I love giving to my church. I love giving to my children. I love giving to my, my grandchildren. I love giving. But notice what he says in James uh, 4, verse 3. Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. We're not asking God to increase us so that we can get that new rod and reel, that we could increase us so we can get that new television, or that we can get that new uh, car or truck, or that we can move up some area of status. We're asking God particularly to give us this amount so that we can uh, forward the gospel of world evangelism. We ask particularly, we ask purposefully, and then we ask persistently. Notice verse 12, uh, the Bible says, And it came to pass as she continued praying uh, before the Lord. Sometimes we ask God and then we just kind of forget about it. I want you to know uh, through many uh, things in life, and our grandson Sammy being one of them, I've seen my son-in-law and daughter get a hold of heaven and uh, seek the Lord. And I mean, we have learned to pray persistently. How persistent we are will reveal how important it is to us. So understand faith promise is requesting something for God. Secondly, faith promise is relying upon God to answer. You see, there is but one God. We trust God with our never dying soul. Can we not trust him with our finances? I have found out, give and it shall be given unto you. I have found out that uh, the more I give, the more I have, the more he supplies. And, you know, except no substitute, uh, even if, if, if it's well-meaning. Hannah's husband, she, she, uh, he tried to meet her needs. He loved her. And, and in verse 5, the Bible says, But unto Hannah he gave worthy portions uh, for the love, for he loved Hannah. He tried to compensate for her lack, for her need. But she wanted a man-child. And uh, he, he spoiled her over his other wife. He, he uh, uh, favored her, if you would. But I want you to know, uh, you, you're not to do a, a logical thing here. Well, I've got some, uh, I got a 401k, I got, some, I, I got an RIA, uh, I got some stocks or bonds that are going to mature. Uh, and, and, and we're not asking you to figure out where you can find it. We're asking you to trust God for the amount that he puts on your heart. We see here that there's only but one God and only God can supply what we need. God has done a great provision for our church this past uh, years as he's increased. And certainly God wants to increase this year. God doesn't want us. Do you think God would have us remain the same? God wants us to go forward. And listen, if you're giving, if you're already giving faith promise, uh, if you will increase, if you'll be obedient to what God tells you to do, and then if this is, is new to you, if you'll begin Uh, to give what God puts on your heart. We're not telling you what to give. We're not asking you what to give. We're asking you to get in tune with your heavenly father 
and to ask him. And let me tell you, friend, he will tell you if you earnestly want to know. But if those who are giving will increase and those who have not begun to give will, will begin, what an increase that can be. You see, uh, we're told in Philippians 4, verse 19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, when we read that, so often we equate it with money. But I want you to know I have found myself to be a very needy man. And I wish I had, if, if I could throw money at it and fix it, I would. But money doesn't fix everything. And boy, I have found myself uh, in, in great need. And it's, it's so true that, that he does supply our every need. In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 8, the Bible says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. You know, our giving gives a great sincerity of our love. And we see here that when we trust God, we are to trust God for the money. We are to trust God for the means. We are to trust God for the measure, uh, the specific amount. It is not a matter of us trying to figure it out to accomplish this. There's no faith involved in that kind of thinking. This is faith promise. Faith promise is uh, requesting something from God. Faith promise is relying upon God to answer. And then faith promise is receiving the answer. Notice um, in verse 19, uh, the Bible says, um, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and uh, came to the house of Ramah. Elkanah uh, uh, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. It's a wonderful thing for God to remember us. Who are we? I was telling your pastor uh, yesterday that just not very long ago I was having my time with God and uh, I had spent some time in the Word uh, that morning and I was praying and the room just filled with His presence. He was there and He impressed upon me just how much He loved me. It was overwhelming because if anyone knows me, He does. And uh, he first loved us and uh, thank the Lord for that. You see, it's, it's, it's uh, receiving the answer. The Lord remembered her. Verse 20, uh, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying, because I have asked him of uh, the Lord. Now, God answers prayer. All of us here who walk with God, who know the Lord, we've had some measure of prayers being answered by him. But when we say that God answers prayer, he takes care of the supply on his own. He supplies what he's put on our heart. He takes care of sending it forth to the laborers. And he takes care of the salvation of more souls, as we saw uh, in the earlier video. We must pray believing God's answer uh, 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 to, to give us answers to our prayers. We're reminded in Hebrews eleven six, 6, familiar verse, but without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In James 1, verse 6 and 7, James tells us, but let him ask in faith, not wavering, 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that if he shall receive anything of the Lord. James warns not to waver towards God in the matter of our prayer. There was a Cornish preacher many yesteryears named Billy Bray. And uh, he was a miserable drunk and lived a uh, riotous life. And the day came where he found the Lord, the Lord found him rather, and he got saved. Born again, he threw the bottle away and God began to deal with Billy Bray. It was said that when he walked around, if his right foot hit the ground, he'd say amen. And when his left foot hit the ground, he'd say hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. And one day, Billy Bray was out in his potato uh, patch. And he was, he was digging up his taters. And as he was digging up the taters, he, uh, the devil came to him and began to mock him and laugh at him and said, look how puny, look how puny those little taters are. Boy, you've got a great God. Look at those puny little taters that you've got. And Billy Bray began to feel bad about himself but then he thought for a moment, he says, wait a minute, devil. He said, there was never, never any more of a faithful servant that served you than I did when I was lost. And when I walked with you and served you, I didn't have no taters at all. <laughs> and I want you to know that we must believe God uh, to answer our prayer. You see, it is faith promise. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we see it, it's not faith. But it's not just a proof of error, it is substance, the Bible says. If we can see it, it's not faith. When God supplies that which no one else can supply, our faith increases. I led a man to the Lord about 16 years ago, and uh, he, uh, he was greatly... Uh, uh, living a, a wretched life, and uh, he and, and his sister were cooking meth in their bathtub. By the way, I love those people. I do well with those people. I, I do a, a little bit, uh, I struggle a little bit with the more polished people in this world. That's why God has you. But I do well with the rednecks and uh, uh, these. And uh, he, his wife was saved first. And then uh, I went out to the house, and then he got saved. And after some years of struggling, you know, we're talking about 15, 16 years later, uh, he's been walking with God. He truly understands the spirit-controlled life. He, was at the, he, he shared this testimony. He, he was at the church. He was going to cut the church lawn, many, many, many acres to cut. And uh, he got there, and as any good Baptist church would have, the gas cans are empty. You know, the brother who could at last didn't, didn't fill it. And he looked in his wallet and he said all he had was $10 to his name. So he said, I guess I should call pastor and tell him that I need some gas money if I want to cut the grass lawn. And the Spirit of God told him, he said, no, Dennis, you've got $10. Use your $10. So he went down to the gas station and filled it uh, with $10 and came in and filled the lawn where he cut the grass. He gave his last uh, dime that he had. And he was down in, in the irrigation ditch cutting that ditch and he looks and he finds a $20 bill down there. And uh, this has happened to him several times. Every time he stands to give a testimony, I think it's going to be about some money he found. 
And I said, Where, did you find that in the drainage ditch? He said, yes, preacher. I said, you know, I lost $20. <laughs> when, we, when, when God supplies, and I want you to know, he came in there with $10. He, he gave his last dollar, and he left there with $10, but he left there with a capital G-O-D in his life. Can you say amen? You see, faith promise is requesting something from God. It is relying upon God to answer. It is receiving the answer. And then lastly, it's returning to God. Notice verse 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition. If you'll seek the Lord, he'll give you your petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long uh, as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped uh, the Lord there. Uh, faith promise is returning to God. Listen, God wants you to be a funnel for world evangelism. He'll supply the need if you'll be willing in your heart. But when you take that extra that God gives you and you indulge yourself with it, the flow is cut off. We see here uh, that we should return it with grace. In uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. And we are very rich people today because we are the sons of God. All that we have... All that we have, all that we are, is by the grace of God. Jesus saves us. Jesus sanctifies and strengthens us. And Jesus supplies our needs. We need to follow his example. We should return it with grace. And we should return it with gladness. It's a joy. Every, uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, the Bible says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful, hilarious giver. There was a circuit-riding preacher with his little boy who would go to different churches, and he would be at those churches once a month. And as it was his habit, his little boy would be sitting up on the bench of the wagon with him as the horse took him back in the back uh, woods in the hills of Tennessee. And when they got to the little country church, he pulled a quarter out of his pocket and gave it to his son and said, boy, when they pass the offering plate, put this quarter in the offering plate. And the boy said, yes, sir, daddy. And uh, the offering plate passed and the boy obediently put the quarter in the offering plate. The pastor preached, or the, the preacher preached the message. And uh, uh, the service is over. They all said amen. It was a wonderful service. And they give the, the preacher an envelope. And as they're uh, uh, going back uh, to the homestead, uh, uh, the pastor pulls the envelope out of his coat pocket and gives it to his son and says, son, open the envelope and you see what God provided. And uh, the boy opens the envelope and shakes it, and a quarter falls out. And the boy looks at his dad and says, Well, Dad, if we had given more, we would have gotten more. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we just give what we think. How, how can we, uh, how can some Christians act like 
It's their money. God has given us everything that we have. How can we be stingy? How can we have a selfish attitude unto God who became poor for us? Notice, notice when Samuel came, Hannah didn't begin to hedge. When Samuel came, Hannah didn't begin to renegotiate with God. Hannah willfully and gratefully, obediently uh, obeyed her heart and uh, gave her son to serve God. You say, how could she do that? And I'll tell you how she can do it. She knew that a whole lot more Samuels were coming. That's what she knew. We should uh, return it with grace. We should return it with gladness. And then we should give it with great uh, generosity. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. There was a father and his son who went to town to get supplies at the country store. And he got a sack of flour and uh, the supplies that he needed. And Mr. Johnson saw Bobby standing there and he was eyeing this big old glass, uh, large glass of rock candy. And Bobby was kind of licking his lips and looking at it. And uh, Mr. Johnson says, Bobby, go over there, boy, and get you some of that candy. And Bobby just shyly sat there and just kind of kicked his feet and looked down at the ground. He says, no, Bobby, I mean it. Go over there and get you a handful of that candy. And Bobby just, just sat there and kind of kicked his feet and looked at the floor. And Mr. Johnson went over there and took the lid off the candy. He says, come over here, boy, and reached in and gave Bobby some candy. He said, now you enjoy that on the way home. They got up on the wagon with their supplies and they were going back to the house and the father said, son, what's wrong with you? You don't have a shy bone in your body. What in the world's wrong with you? He told you twice to go over there and get you. Why didn't you do that? And Bobby looked at him and smiled and says, dad, Mr. Johnson's got bigger hands than I do. (laughs) And I want you to know the law of sowing and reaping comes into play here. You won't outgive God. God's not going to let you starve. God's not going to let you fall behind. Is God a selfish, miserly God who begrudges everything he's ever done for us? If we have received so much from God, shouldn't we be generous back to him? To give so that others might come to know him. Everyone who is saved, everyone who is saved, are you listening? Every man, every woman, every boy and girl can participate in faith's promise giving. The question really is whether we, not that we can, but whether we will. Listen, what is faith promise? We see it in the life of Hannah. Faith promise is giving, is requesting something from God. Faith promise giving is relying on God to supply it. Faith promise giving is receiving the answer. And faith promise giving is returning that which God has provided. And God's people said, let's stand please.